Who's wrong and who's wronger? In this corner, followed by Millions James, the exploding unicorn, Breakwell. And in that corner, ignored by Millions, Steve Dash, Rinko Lieber. Welcome back to Wrong and Wronger. You're looking down on Breakwell and up on Olivas. If that doesn't give you vertigo, give it a minute. We're about to start talking. But this is the podcast where we used to argue about things, and now we've decided to hug it out. And James... I'm sending you a big virtual hug via the interweb. How are you? I am I am cringing virtually to avoid that hug. <laughs> yeah, we used to argue about things and now it's basically just let's tell random stories about our life that nobody cares about and see see Clearly. see who's done something more pathetic and you win that every time. Like you couldn't win arguments with logic, but in, in terms of sheer misfortune, you're you're, you know, outperforming me. I got to say, you you've done very poorly <laughs> at life and it shows. Well, I don't mean to brag, but if there's one thing I'm good at, it's at not being good at stuff. So I have my thing. What is the topic going to be this week, James? Keeping in mind that I do not have an original thought in my head, so this also piggybacks on your column. I can't imagine how this intersects with my column, but okay. Uh, the, the topic is early jobs. What, what, where do we early jet? Well, your column this week is about giving allowance to your kids for doing dishes. And that's usually for every kid, their first oh, job. I thought you meant like actual real job that you pay taxes on and all of that. So it's... Yes, I did mean ah. that, but that is the linkage for your me. Your mind is a scary place, but let's roll with it. Let's see where this goes. <laughs> so early jobs, everyone trying to fight their way through middle school and high school, you need cash. And everybody gets early jobs. And when we set this up, James, I said, I don't know if you had an early job, but here's my idea for a topic. And you were offended by that statement. I mean, if if I'm currently employed at some point, I would have had to have had a first job, even if it were my current job. Like, it's impossible to be employed and not have a first job. Well, yeah, but I don't think you got this one when you were 13. I... Obviously, it doesn't require the mental capacity of anyone <laughs> above the age of 13, but I don't think you got it. All right, well, let's start with you this week. Let's actually give you some time to talk in this podcast. You clearly have something in mind. What was your first job? <laughs> I don't have anything in mind, but I did have two and maybe three jobs that I paid taxes on. Oh, I just thought of another <laughs> one that I got fired from. Oh, oh, no. Well, my first job was an allowance, and I got a buck a week, and I had to clean up dog poop, and there were many misadventures with that. One involved a snowblower and getting it up on the neighbor's roof and had it melt the next spring. I'll table that story for another day when we talk <laughs> about dog poop. I'm sure that'll be one of our best topics, given our history. Yes. But I also had to mow, but I got a buck a week doing that. And then I had a paper route, which used to be a thing. All of you youngsters watching the show, people used to, and by people, I mean 12-year-old boys. <laughs> Although I, I did my, I sold my route to a girl, 13-year-old girl. So girls did it too back then. But we had to load up these big bags with newspapers and on our bicycles, take them around and put them in people's mailboxes or put them in their door. So I had that for a while. But my first two tax-paying jobs... I forgot about the one I got fired from. <laughs> so I was a janitor at a grade school when I was 14. And 
I had keys and a run of the place, and I had to, like, mop the floors, and I, I don't remember... The floors was the biggest thing. I don't remember if I had any other duties, unless one popped up occasionally, but I didn't have the job long enough to hit any particular occasions. But the one thing I discovered that was my ultimate downfall, James, was I had access to the teacher's lounge and the cafeteria. <laughs> and I don't know if when you were 14, you were hungry all the time, but access to free food was like a siren song drawing Odysseus into the rocks. So I would eat everything in the teacher's lounge, and they would have cake, they would have donuts, they would have, um, that was well, cookies were another common theme. And then I'd go into the cafeteria and grab a handful of those little cartons of chocolate milk. <laughs> I don't know if you remember those from your old grade school days, but I would, it would be a feeding frenzy. And um, I can't remember having a conversation with the principal, but at some point I was fired, and I think I had the job for maybe a month. <laughs> but I will say this. I was making $2 an hour, and this was 1981. So even by 1981 standards, that wasn't all that great. And it was uh, like a late-at-night job, so I didn't like it anyway. But that was my first experience with being fired. I've had a few since then. But uh, the main job I had through high school, I worked at a gas station because my dad knew the owner and I got the job when I was 16. When I got my paper route job, my mother had to lie about my age because you couldn't get a paper route before you were 12. And I was only 11 when I picked up the route. But the gas station paid three thirty-five an hour. And that was big doings back then. That was minimum wage was three thirty-five. And I pumped gas, and there was a convenience store, and we changed tires on rims for people and checked oil. That was back when full service was still full service. Now people don't want to talk to anybody, so they just pull up to the self-serve pump. James, I'm sure if you had your druthers, you would push a button, and the pump would, like, work itself <laughs> into your car so you wouldn't even have to open the door and stand there in the elements. But that was at gas station, and then I graduated high school. And when I went to college, I had a bunch of money saved up from all those jobs, and I didn't work again until I got kicked out of college and then I had to figure out how to pay gas money going back and forth to college <laughs> then I got a job in a restaurant but uh, what say you what did you have going on in your year I have so many thoughts and comments I want to make on what you did what? I mean, you know what I and I don't write anything down so I don't know how to be able to keep track of all the insults I have piled up but first of all <laughs> I take great pride in pumping my own gas because there's like one or two states oh. where you're not allowed to. And uh, those people yes, freak out. They ask states. like it's some complicated procedure they can't do. And I'm so bad at doing everything with my hands. But if there's one thing I can do better than one fiftieth of the states, it's pump my own gas. <laughs> I, you, Hold on. It's one twenty-fifth. It's Oregon and it's New both Jersey. Of them. Oh, that them. is such a scam. You're not allowed to pump your own gas. You have to like stand there and wait <laughs> for somebody to come out. It's just that, that it's the dumbest thing. But... Uh, besides, and you know, the weir the weirdest thing is if you like get into forum arguments about that, which, you know, is super fun to do when you have the moral high ground, is people defend it. Sure. There are people there who do not want to be allowed to pump their own gas. Like, and there's like, why would you not want to pump your gas? It's like, well, I don't want to smell like gas. And it's like, do you think you just spray it all over yourself? <laughs> which for the record, I did do one time. You know how there's that, that clip you like, you, you clip it and it just yeah. keeps pumping. Well, one time it, um, I forget what happened, but it didn't unclip when it filled up. It, it, it made a sound like it.
get it unclipped and it was done and I pulled it out and it was still going and it doused the bottom <laughs> of my pants and my shoes and uh, man you know how I mean occasionally you get a drop of gas on something on your hands and you'll smell a little bit like it if you douse your leg in gas that is a you, you got to drive with the windows open after that that was a, that was an interesting experience but I, I I don't know if we've had this conversation before. We had to have. I actually was also a grade school janitor. It was not my first job, though. We have not had this conversation. Yeah, I, really. I did not get fired because I'm a better person than you. Uh, <laughs> but on that topic, like, okay, so I know how grade schools work and like teacher lounge and stuff. So there, if there's a cake in there and it's been out for a while, it's getting a day old, two day old status. Like, first of all, <laughs> you got to be sly with taking. You just don't take everything. If there's ten donuts left, you don't eat all ten. If there's half a cake <laughs> left, you don't you don't you know eat the whole cake. You eat a little bit so they can't identify you know that disappeared overnight. <laughs> and if you're gonna throw it out anyway that's when you eat the whole thing and if they ask you what happened to it you say well i threw it out if you want if you want to keep old food here you got to tell me like this was totally I, preventable I it was a gift like when you tip the maid at a hotel <laughs> like uh, here's a little something for the janitor little, you know for all your hard work that's the thing like i in my family we get stuff all the time you know like somebody there's like sell-by dates on food that really don't mean anything because it's all packaged <laughs> and stuff so there were there were like uh uh, vending machine refillers who would have all this product they couldn't do anything with. Yeah. And we, we yeah. would often be the beneficiary of that. You just get boxes of stuff. It was awesome. It was like Christmas. But you got you to gotta put that in the same category. Like the janitor, if you got food that's going to, you know, going to get old anyway, like, yeah, that's fair game for the janitorial staff. Absolutely. And the fact that you transgressed so far to lose that <laughs> sacred privilege, like, I'm upset on behalf of all janitor kind. You gave us a bad name. This is shame on you, Steve. Shame. But the I thought it was two bucks plus all the goodies you could pound down <laughs> in a three-hour shift. And on the, on the idea of gas stations, uh, so I was I yeah. was briefly a night cops reporter in my brief foray into journalism, and it was a train wreck. But one thing after I, I doing that, I decided is that I will never ever, no matter how light hard life is, I will never work at a gas station. I will never let my children or anyone I love work at a gas <laughs> station because those things get robbed all the time and they have that's why they have to drop like every fifty dollars i mean they never have any money in the cash register so you have to drop because they get robbed just so frequently it's like going to an atm but it's illegal and it's just like you hold up you, you pretend you have a gun and they hand it to you but sometimes they really do have a gun and they're stupid and they shoot you for no reason uh it was, but yet somehow no, no, somehow no. like the gas stations don't all have bulletproof glass that was one of the biggest shocks coming <laughs> from illinois where i was in a little bit of a rougher part to indiana like in illinois Every bank teller everywhere behind bulletproof glass. Like, no chances taken. You come... Where were you in Illinois? It, I was I was in the rough part, I just said. <laughs> but if you go over here... To, so Illinois has a rough part? I grew up there, my friend. And you can tell, because all the tellers are behind bulletproof glass. You came to Indiana... <laughs> okay. I can also tell I have overstepped a bound by asking you that question. So I withdraw. <laughs> I would like the jury to strike that from the record, please. You want me to give you my exact GPS coordinates for where I grew up? See if we can dox my parents. If you were in East St. Louis or if you no. were in... Like, uh, I right. was in centralish Illinois, but there are, there are parts where you know you get to bigger cities, they get they get bad parts. And anyway, when the bad part's big enough, then you just put bulletproof glass everywhere. But I think even in towns that 
uh, aren't so bad. In Illinois, everybody has bulletproof glass. You come to Indiana, nobody's behind bulletproof glass. Bank tellers aren't behind bulletproof glass. Gas station attendants aren't, except if you like going to like really bad parts of Indianapolis. Every once in a while, uh, you'll find it. And if you're, if you, if you, I'll bet up in Gary, they've got a couple of bulletproof if you, panes. Also, if you end up in a part of Indiana where they actually do have bulletproof glass, you need to get out of there because they probably had so many tellers shot in a row. They're like, it's going to be more cost effective to put up this bulletproof glass than to have keep. We have to keep training yeah, these people. For a minimum yeah. wage, their lives are worth so little to, to these corporations. Like, I, I just can't imagine for like seven dollars an hour to give myself like a fifty percent chance on any any given night of getting held up. I, it, it was like I remember there was one time I think it, it, I might be making this up, but I'm pretty sure this is a real story. There was like, like a guy in a wheelchair who robbed one of these gas stations. Like it's just the easiest thing in the world. One time there was an inside job where instead of fifty bucks, the person got three thousand dollars, which should be impossible in a gas station <laughs> scenario. But like they had teamed up, like they robbed their own girlfriend and she was in on it because uh, and, wow. and you know they forgot the gas stations have cameras because again they won't protect you with bulletproof class but they'll put up a camera so they can have a grainy image of the person who like walked in and it's always like looking at bigfoot like if you know these things are getting robbed all the time like i have a you know if i have an amazing camera just on my phone alone you put up the security camera to protect somebody's life at least make it so you can tell who it is but they never do oh, yeah. but like they could clearly tell when they went in to rob that the person just politely stepped aside and let them get it there was no threat or anything they clearly recognized each other <laughs> i you know not world-class criminals so anyway yeah gas station bad job but then the other remarkable thing is i was thinking my first job was at a burger joint until you said the newspaper route and i forgot about that i did the newspaper route thing too Ooh. and there are two kinds of routes and they they transitioned away from the one that you had you i think you were back in the collections era where the person who delivered paper i had to go door to door yeah. every week yeah. and i had a friend who had to do that too but by the time i got my route i had i did not have to deal with the money they they did that all through the subscriptions people at the paper oh, so i just delivered it really i think technically my my mom was the one who was on the paper route because when we were at school, she would still do it. I would just do it on like weekends during the summer and stuff. I'd do it with her. Oh, yeah, it was, you know, well, she had, you know, 95 kids, just whatever part-time work she could get, you know, fit in between there. Uh, so yeah, I remember that. I remember, you know, the, the Sunday papers weighed, you know, more than I did. I remember getting, do you get chased by oh, dogs yeah. on the paper route? I was bit three times. Wow, and you kept going. I had the route a little over two years and I got bit by three dogs. One was pretty bad. Like, uh, I almost had to go to the hospital for that one. But you just walked it off. You had a, a dog bite and you walked it off. <laughs> well, I, the person was so scared that I was going to sue them. Like, this was before people got sued. Oh. That's how bad it was. And I remember they brought me into their house and it was up out of my thigh. So I had to take my pants down to look at it. So they were trying to figure out, do I stand here while this kid is disrobing to look at how mm -hmm. bad the bite is? <laughs> it was a whole bad thing. It was a German shepherd. The so bastard. Anyway. Wow, you totally misplayed that. So if you had gone to the doctor, my understanding is they would have killed the dog and cut open the brain to make sure it didn't have rabies or else you have to get 50s <laughs> rabies shots as a... Bad. A preventative measure, but yeah, they uh, they definitely owed you some money for that. I had one time there was this stupid boxer that would jump up and like bark at the door every time I went up there. It would scare me to death. Like it's kind of like a Jack in the Box. You crank and crank and you know what's going to happen, but you yes, don't know the exact yes. moment. Except this Jack in the Box had teeth and was faster than me. <laughs> 
And uh, I went up to the door, and one day it slammed against that door, and the door wasn't latched. And it came tearing out after me. And I turned to run, and I'm a runner. Like, this should have been my survival skill. But I was laden with papers, and I turned around to look, which was very stupid. And I tripped, and I just fell and put up my hands to protect myself. And the owner came out and grabbed me just in the nick of time. But even wow. even the the proximity of almost getting bitten like traumatized me and you got bit three times and you kept going yeah. for a job that barely paid any money which is probably why going to a gas station where you get get shot at any moment didn't seem like a big deal to you you clearly <laughs> don't value your own survival james i live next to a cornfield like <laughs> nobody ever got robbed of anything in my town nobody locked their doors like uh we would keep the car keys in the visor of the car like it was uh, there wasn't a whole lot going on where i grew up so and the gas station was only open like 6 a.m to 8 or 9 p.m like it was nothing was 24 hours uh, back then well it, I, I guess if you had gone to a real gas station you wouldn't be here today and i don't know how to feel about that if i'd be relieved or disappointed <laughs> we'll just we'll just leave that one ambivalent but my uh, my first, like, I guess, job that was more substantial than newspapers, it was before, because the janitor work was a step up. Have you ever worked in fast food? Because fast food was my low point. No, I've worked in a sit-down mom-and-pop restaurant, but never fast food. So it was fast food, but it wasn't, like, a fast food chain. It was not McDonald's, but it was, like, a family-owned version of McDonald's. And uh, it was okay. uh, it was pretty intense. Like, I looking back, the problem was me. I just... You don't realize how much pressure there is to get people's order to them quickly, especially, you know, when they'll be upset if you give them the wrong thing. You're taking in money. And correctly, yeah, yes. And giving yes. out food and all of that. <laughs> like, I have never, even working at the newspaper, was substantially less stressful than working in fast food. Uh, and then you have to, uh, at the end of the night, you got to cover everything in bleach and you touch it. You end up ruining all your clothes. That was how, that was <laughs> how I did learn, though. I do have some physical limits. Like, I used to just kind of be a bottomless pit for food and drink and and everything else and uh, they had these 64 ounce cups and one night I, I took it I took that 64 ounce cup home at like 9 p.m. and drank the whole thing and I could not fall asleep <laughs> and I could not understand why it mystified me apparently there's a point even when you're 16 you can consume so much caffeine you can't actually fall asleep uh, those burgers though were delicious they they used real ground beef like they ground it right there in front of us and i have not been back there since and i probably should that's one of the few things i can still eat i can go get there get the the patties does the least. place still exist yeah they, they're still going in there you know again i i did not get along there i was very bad at it but i, I the people there were good people <laughs> and they they make good burgers it's kind of a local institution out there so yeah, so this was like early two thousands, wasn't it? Uh, well, I was born in eighty five, so I would have been sixteen in two thousand one, two thousand two, somewhere in there. But it would have been the summer. Yeah, it would have probably been the summer I turned sixteen. So it would have been right in there, right, right before September eleventh. Back, back when the world was more innocent. Yeah. Do you remember what you earned at that job? It was minimum wage, I think. And I only got the job because it was owned by a family friend. And there, there are more details to it that make this story more fun, but I can't, I can't give them out without identifying the place. <laughs> and that would be the worst thing, like to go and, you know, fail at this restaurant job and then years later accidentally call them out and get them online hate. It's like I, I was the worst thing that ever <laughs> happened to them. Well... 
you also spoke very highly of their burgers, so there's their that. burgers were great, and I think I, I'm sure working there is better than actually working at McDonald's or someplace else that's you know officially corporate or all those. For the record, I actually love McDonald's. I just do not want to work there. It's I, I've known quite a few people who have worked there, and I think in terms of like pressure for minimum wage jobs, I think McDonald's is about as hot as you can get. You got to go fast, 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 and uh, people really just they just feel like they can treat you terrible if you're if you're there. I I, I don't understand the psyche of somebody like a grown adult who just goes and like screams at a 16 or 17 year old for screwing up a dollar 29 <laughs> sandwich I know. but those people exist they absolutely exist and they are terrifying and uh, i can't imagine what it's like to live with those people <laughs> back in my day james and this may blow your mind but mcdonald's used to now there's more pressure because everything is made on the spot when I was a kid, everything would get sort of stockpiled. Like there would be a mountain of wrapped cheeseburgers oh. under a warmer and uh, Big Macs and ham. Like they would just grab one and put it on the tray. Like the food was already prepared. So you just had to sort of keep restocking. But when you worked in the restaurant, the best thing for me about working in a restaurant was eating mistakes. Ooh. Like if somebody sent something back because it wasn't right or the cooks made it and they screwed something up about it, like it would come back and we would devour it whole. Holy cow. I would imagine at McDonald's, you never get sick of filet of fish or <laughs> Big Mac. Like everything that is just outside whatever time frame it is before you got to throw them out. Although nowadays you don't make it ahead of time. 2001 you probably weren't making it but when it was ordered so you didn't get any mistakes back well that was that was the whole appeal not being mcdonald's i mean everything was fresh and these were pretty substantial burger patties making myself hungry now uh but i remember when mcdonald's made that transition because i uh, of all things i had a uh like it was like a jobs program in eighth grade or something like that. They took a couple students and we go out to the community college and every day we'd tour a different uh, a different like business. Like one of the ones I went and toured was the newspaper. I thought this is awful. I never want to work in a place like this. And a few years later, I picked right. I picked that as my career. I should have listened to my gut, my first my first instinct, and just stayed away. But one of the places we oh thirteen year old James <sighs> looking like a Nostradamus. But there was uh, one of the places was a McDonald's because they were like there was a franchisee there who had a bunch of them they were a local power broker and they did lots of charitable stuff so we went around and like their pr person or somebody showed us and they were just then transitioning to making everything as you order oh. and they said if you order every day you do make it you notice a difference because it used to be like 10 seconds and you would get your order they would just hand it to you unless it was something custom yeah. and now all of a sudden it took yeah. you know a couple minutes which is just outrageous for people uh, I will say that uh, actually McDonald's beef it gets a it gets a bad rap, but as somebody who takes his meat very seriously, they probably have of all the fast food places the best meat. If you want, like if you just want to eat the meat because they don't add any oils or anything, it's just the beef cooked in its own juices. So if you were to go to McDonald's and order nothing but like quarter pound patties, um, super healthy. But if you if you eat all the well, stuff with it, not so much. Yeah. And they have such strict requirements of purity or goodness or whatever the FDA puts them through. Uh, fast food places are actually very safe places to eat yes. other than the Jack in the Box in Seattle <laughs> where everybody got E. coli for a while. That might be before your time. You might have actually been a journalist during that time. I don't know. There's always someplace giving people uh, E. coli. Was... I mean, even like, I mean, grocery stores have recalls for a while. Ice cream was killing people. Like every, you, you know what? You um, never, you never hear about these things in time. Like by the time they catch them, the outbreak is already over. Like, by the way, you might already have E. coli. 
Yes. There was a... Well, just doing this show with you every week almost convinces me I have to have had E. coli at some point. We had one local restaurant that got shut down by the health department. You ever have that where you are? Mm, not that I can think of. I, Probably a couple of Yeah, trucks. there was one. They It had been open for a few years in the mall, and they had like a list of health code regulation violations like as long <laughs> as your arm. And they were closed for like three days, and then they reopened. It's like, how does any restaurant survive that? It's like, well, this place was just set up, you know, shut down for health code violations, but they were closed for three days. I'm sure it's good. And that place, that stayed open for years afterwards, which just shocks me because restaurants <laughs> go out of business all the time for all sorts of reasons. Like I used to think it'd be cool to yeah. own like a bar, but a bar, a restaurant, anything. I mean, you just burn through money. It's so hard to set yourself off apart from everybody else and you get like a few bad months and you just, you're gone. It, I would rather set my money on fire than own a restaurant, I think. I think burning the money, just literally burning it would be a smarter investment. At least that way you get warmth. Wow. Well, that's a cheery note to end on, James. <laughs> Do you or can you make it work in the restaurant? Is that this thing that everybody thinks they can own a bar or a restaurant? Everybody thinks they can, and it's like the hardest business to run, and it's the hardest place to make money. I this is a cautionary. Almost one hundred percent go out of business in the first few years. The build out is stupidly expensive, mm -hmm. and unless you have some kind of catch it on the upswing niche. It's just, you can't compete these days. So many chains suck all the business Especially away. not if you hire people like me or you. Then you're just done for. <laughs> I'll have you know I showed up almost all the time. <laughs> it's better than I expected. <laughs> oh, James, you and my wife, you're such goody two-shoes, all of you. You, you got to live a little, my friend. All right, well, speaking of living a little, we're going to let you go so that you can live a little bit of your life outside of this show. I don't know why you wasted in the show in the first place, but we're glad you do every week, and I'm talking to both of you. Until next week, where we cover another scintillating topic that's going to marginally keep me awake and James is going to talk ad nauseum about, this is Steve Olivas, Dr. Steve for James the Exploding Unicorn Breakwell, saying thanks for listening, thanks for watching, smash that follow button man so that you are subscribed and get all of the updates and automatic downloads it probably won't help in the long run but we'll like it more anyway uh two wrongs can make a right see you next week